0: Hey, what's up? I'm Seth Williams, and I'm a veterinary student at the University of Missouri College of Veterinary Medicine, and welcome to another episode of Vet School Unleashed, Dissecting the DVM, where we dissect topics and issues relating to life in veterinary school. I'm really excited about today's podcast because we're going to touch on a topic that we've never really gotten into before. So I don't know about you, but I think veterinary medicine is a pretty damn cool career to get into. So In what other medical field can you choose not only which species you want to work with, but also choose whether you want to be a jack-of-all-trades general practitioner or focus on a specific specialty? So if you look back at med, say a decade ago, you'd see the majority of new veterinarians entering into small animal general practice. But if you look at the world today, more and more new veterinarians are pursuing veterinary specialties. Surgery, oncology, food animal medicine, internal medicine, ophthalmology, dermatology, nutrition behavior, equine medicine and surgery, pathology, the list goes on and on. Well, what goes into choosing the specialist path, and what are the extra steps that you need to take to get boarded? Well, I'm thrilled to welcome onto the podcast today, Dr. Ida Vientos-Platz, who is in the very, very last stages of becoming a board-certified small animal internal medicine specialist. Dr. Vientos-Platz is an internal medicine clinician at the University of Missouri Veterinary Health Center, and I'll try not to get into the weeds too much today, but I want to ask her about her journey and what advice she has for us veterinary students and new grads who are thinking about potentially becoming a board of veterinary specialist and the value of internships and residencies overall, whether or not you want to become a specialist or not. All right. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. vantos Plots. How's it going?
1: Good. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing great. It's awesome to have you here. Um, for those of you that don't know, uh, Dr. vantos Plots was one of my clinical professors in the hospital a few months ago on internal medicine, so it's really um, fun to have you here and I'm really excited to pick your brain about today's topic. So thanks for coming here. Yeah. Um, So the first thing that I want to uh, get onto the table is just a bit about yourself. So why don't you tell us a bit about your background and what's going on?
1: Yeah, so um, I am right now a postdoctoral fellow at the University of Missouri. I am originally from uh, Puerto Rico. I went to my undergrad at Iowa State, and I did um, a bachelor's in microbiology. I wanted to do something other than things with animals, even though I knew that I wanted to be a vet. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to vet school uh, at Tuskegee in Alabama, and um, it took me a couple of years to get into vet school. I know that that's something that not a lot of people talk about. Everybody thinks right. that you apply to vet school and you automatically get in. and that's not true. I think I had a little too much fun in undergrad. Uh, my grades were not perfect, but mm-hmm. I was really determined to do that. And that's what I wanted to do. Right. So I spent four years in Tuskegee and I then did uh, my internship, a small amount trading internship at Auburn. Mm -hmm. So it was really nice because it was just 20 minutes on the road
0: and I was
1: able to stay in my same apartment and everything. Um, And then from there I came here um, to Mizzou for my residency in Small Animal Internal Medicine. So I just finished that and I'll be on for two more years as a clinical instructor while I finish my PhD.
0: Awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. And what's your PhD going to be in?
1: It is going to be in respiratory dysbiosis.
0: Fun. Lots
1: of fun. Lung diseases. <laughs> yeah, I know
0: those words. Yeah.
1: Just, you know, <laughs> how bugs interact with each other, basically.
0: Right. Cool. Yeah. Um, so during vet school, did you foresee yourself or was it your goal going into vet school or early in vet school to to do an internship, do a residency, and and follow the path that, that you've been on?
1: Yeah, um, my dad is actually a veterinarian, so I grew up in this business, mm-hmm. in this field, and I knew that I really did not wanna be uh, the doctor that everybody came in to see for vaccines or skin infections and things like that, so I right. just knew that I wanted to specialize in something. Mm-hmm. Um, in vet school, I had... Um, A lot of different experiences i was very lucky to have a couple of really good professors that kind of helped me um, explore all the different options i think i thought i wanted to be a radiologist for a whole like two weeks and then i realized that i don't get to interact with people and i can't keep my mouth shut so i need that interaction with clients (laughs) Um, I was really attracted to internal medicine because I think it's really neat to be able to work on cases that other people have tried to figure out and they either, you know, can't because they don't have the experience or they don't have the tools necessary. And, um, I thought it was neat to have a challenge, uh, every day with all
0: different cases. So that's why I kind
1: of settled on, on internal
0: medicine. Right. Cool. So let's start really briefly broadly, and um, I guess to ask your advice for, for someone that is thinking or maybe on the fence about doing an internship, maybe they, they want to do a residency, they're not sure yet, but what advice do you have for them in terms of, you know, let's say they're a second, third year veterinary student um, that's going back and forth, how can they help themselves narrow down what they may want to do after graduation?
1: I think that if anybody has an inkling that they may want to explore what's out there, maybe they don't, you know, are, maybe they're not quite sure of a specialty that they really want, but they Mm -hmm. don't think that being in general practice is for them, which is not a bad thing. We need lots of really good general practitioners.
0: We can't all be specialists. Um, If there were no GPs, then there would be no patients to be sent to. specialists.
1: Correct. So um, if if you have any inkling, just look into it. Talk to other people that have done internships. I personally think that somebody that finishes vet school has zero, nothing to lose from doing an internship. Mm -hmm. The learning curve is so steep. You learn so much that very first year out. There's a lot of people even that they want to be general practitioners they do an internship and they go to a place um i'm sorry they just go into general practice and they hope to have somebody that wants to teach them that wants to be a mentor and that's what you're basically signing yourself up for in in an internship the downsides are certainly you're not going to get paid quite as much money as as if you go out in general practice um and there's a lot of other things that are Kind of included in an internship, are rolled up in there, like right. the overnights and um, just having to work a lot. Right, but it is definitely worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, having said that, not every internship is the same. There are internships and there are internships. Right, there are um, people. You know, I don't know if people know, but when they apply, when they put all those uh, that list of internships that are available. Those clinics don't have to fill out an application. They're not vetted. They're just they're able to put up their opening like they could in a classified basically, right. like a job opening, there's an internship that I'm doing here. And nobody really checks out and see are they really able to provide you with um, you know, time for learning or mm-hmm. journal club or things like that you need to take it upon yourself to talk to people that have worked in that internship or have done that before and say, you know, do your research. This is really worth it. Did you learn, you know, did you get what you signed up for? And I would like to say that all of them are like, that.
0: that's not true. You have to do your research. Right. So it sounds like, I mean, a great point that you made is that a lot of us leave vet school wanting to find great mentorship, and an internship is a great way to do that. However, you have to be careful because not all internships offer great mentorship. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what's your opinion on seeking an internship either at, in a university setting, academia, versus private practice?
1: Well, I will say that I'm a little bit biased. Sure. Um, I've spent <laughs> all of my, um, you know, my career in academia. I can tell you that an academic internship Is very structured, and Mm -hmm. if you are gonna, um, you know, if you're gonna worry about, am I gonna get teaching time? Like, that's not something that you have to worry about in a an academic institution because everything is built around learning and teaching. Mm -hmm. Versus in a private practice, a lot of times things are set up for production. You have to see a lot of cases. There's not always going to be dedicated teaching time. I know people that have done prior practice internships that have had that, especially um, some of the bigger clinics like VCAs and things like that. They do set aside time for for teaching. But mm-hmm. again, you have to kind of do your research and figure out what what it is that you want to do. The other thing is that being in a, an academic institution, especially if you're not really sure mm-hmm. what it is that you would will like to do a residency in. Right. Gives you the opportunity to have exposure to other specialists that have done that, that you right. can pick their brains, that you can, you know, get letters of recommendation from them when you're going to apply for a residency. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that there are certainly very many advantages to doing uh, an academic
0: internship just for those reasons. Right. Is it generally, um, from your understanding, and expectation that? Uh, doing an internship in an academic setting would involve you teaching veterinary students?
1: Um, there's always going to be some teaching, whether it's directly or indirectly. Mm-hmm. Um, it is it's It can be a little bit awkward, right, when you're right. an intern and you just finished vet school. Say when you right. start your internship, you finish vet school in May or June, and then you start your internship in July, right. and you're having to tell fourth-year students that what to do or give them advice and you are just in their shoes right so that can be a little bit awkward and it can be a little bit difficult to kind of get over but i think that as long as as we're able to know like okay you know i didn't i passed my navly the fourth year students haven't done that yet like right. you do have a little bit of an advantage right. over them um but teaching can be a lot of fun and teaching can be a really amazing way to learn
0: Right. I was just going to say that. Yeah. If
1: you can explain something to somebody and they understand it, that means that you understand it really, really well. Right. There is no shame in saying, you know, I don't know the answer to that question. Why don't we look it up together? You want to be so accessible. Like you want to make sure that they can ask you questions and you want to be able to answer as many of them as you can. Mm -hmm. But you have to understand that everybody that is there is there to learn and we're there to teach you whether or not... We kind of do it on purpose, right? Uh, right, but, but yeah, it it does involve that, and being in, you know, I, I would argue that even being in par- practice and being a general practitioner, like you're a teacher, right? You you have to teach, you have to educate your clients. So, sure. you know, it's a matter of whether or not you enjoy that. You know, you get that satisfaction from like seeing those light bulbs go off and right. knowing that your students are learning.
0: Right. So, in terms of rotating versus specialized internships. Mm-hmm. Is it a thing to find an internship where you go right into your specialty, for an internship that mm-hmm. is, or are the vast majority or are all of them rotating? Like what, what would be the way to look at that in terms of what to look for or where to look for an internship?
1: So that depends on the specialty that you want to do. So the only specialty that I am aware that you can do a specialized type of, a specialty internship right out of um, vet school is lab animal medicine. Okay. So all the other, um, at least the small animal Mm -hmm. um, internships are, you're gonna do a rotating internship and then go into a specialty internship. And I have zero knowledge about large animal internships and residencies, but to my knowledge, the majority of them are going to be a rotating internship first and then follow that up with a specialty internship.
0: Okay, good to know. Cool. Um, because I know that most of the, the interns, at least in my experience at, at Missouri, are rotating. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really cool to see them moving through the hospital and actually seeing them gain confidence in each area of medicine that they go through. Um, and it's fun, too, to, to have them in different services kind of move along with you, too. So um, I think rotating internships are a really neat way to do it.
1: Yeah, and and that's going to be the best way for you to get exposure to a bunch of different specialties and figure out, like, man, I really like this, or, oh my gosh, I could never be an oncologist or a radiologist or whatever. Um, But you do get a little bit of exposure to every different service. Right, cool.
0: Um, So another question I have, and and forgive me, let's play a little bit of pessimist-optimist type of uh, game here. Um, And this goes back to your point about uh, new graduates or veterinary students that want to do an internship or may not want to do an internship with the intention of not going for residency afterwards, that so just doing an internship for the year after vet school to get more um, experience under their belt, get more comfortable with practice. Um, pros and cons with doing that, and I'll be the pessimist here and say, okay, well I can go to out to private practice into general practice and do a, um, a really high case load and treat that as an internship. Or I could go somewhere and do a, a formal internship and get paid uh, half as much as I would, uh, work two to three times as much. Um, so why would I do that? And I know that there is a another side to this, and that's why I wanted to kind of play that off of you.
1: Yeah, I think that the key there is going to be mentorship, right? If you go to a prior practice that you're going to be seeing lots of cases... Mm-hmm. If you're seeing a ton of volume, that leaves a lot less time for explaining and you know mulling over cases no, and point. asking questions, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but if you have a really dedicated mentor that gives you extra reading or gives you other things, and you know, you're getting paid like a general practitioner, you could get as much experience. Right. That's not a you know, that's not a, a an unrealistic, impossible scenario.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I would argue that in an internship, even though you are treated like a doctor, you have that safety net. Right. That you have these other doctors that are going to be there, um, that are going to not necessarily just look over your shoulder all the time, but just make sure that you feel comfortable mm-hmm. and that you feel like you have all the tools that you need to take care of a patient. And you are then able to ask questions to somebody that is right there. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that you're necessarily gonna get that in general practice. Even right. though you have a good mentor, like they're still seeing their cases because they have to make money for their practice. Right, right. So I think that that more of a, a closeness in terms of, of mentorship and having somebody there to run cases by and do all that stuff might leave you with a little bit more downtime for sure. learning. Cool.
0: So another question that I've heard buzzing around our hospital and some from some other friends in the veterinary student community is, Some students know that they want to go for a specialty, Mm -hmm. but they don't know what they want to do. Mm -hmm. Um, What do you say to them? Because I I, I question them about whether or not they either, do they know they want to be a specialist or do they definitely not want to be a general practitioner? And I'm not sure what the best uh, kind of way to engage in that conversation is.
1: I mean, I think that's a really good question, right? I can tell you that when I was in med school, I knew that I didn't want to be a GP. And mm-hmm. I didn't know exactly what specialty I was going after. And I took a lot of ex- doing externships mm-hmm. and, you know, talking to other people and, and getting an idea. But I think externships in particular are extremely helpful. Yeah. I strongly, strongly encourage all of my students to do externships and to do them actually in another university, Hmm. not necessarily in a general practice. Because if you do an externship in another university, you are treated like a student. But So you get to see cases. You get to do all the hands-on stuff. But you get exposure to other specialists that you haven't worked with before, other people that might give you a different point of view or a different perspective on what it's like to be a surgeon or what it's like to be a neurologist. Because that's not always going to be the same where you do go to school. Mm -hmm. So I think that that might be really helpful for those people that are not quite sure. Right. I will say that it moves very quickly, right? So if you start your internship in July, um, match applications for residency are due, I believe towards the end like middle fall right the fall so you need to kind of have an idea when you start your internship of what it is that you want to do so that you can ask for your internship coordinator for more time in that specialty so you can get to know those specialists and get letters of recommendation Mm -hmm. maybe even start a project um, or something like that so i think that the time to explore is really that fourth year of vet school Mm -hmm. and trying to get as many opinions as you can and as much, you know, firsthand exposure as you can into all the different specialties to help you narrow it down.
0: Sure. Great. That's awesome advice. So let's talk about uh, or transition more into the residency topic, because that's going to be uh, the next step for a lot of interns, obviously. Um, but as part of that transition, I know that it's becoming more and more commonplace now, whether it's because of increased competition and increased um Applicants for these residencies positions that um, that new veterinarians, any veterinarian for that matter, um, are doing more than one internship, sometimes two, sometimes three. And I know that it can vary widely depending on the specialty you're trying to go for. Um, but I, I think that that sometimes is not widely known, at least in the student community. That yes, I know that I want to be a let's say a surgeon when I grow up. Um, but it may take a couple years of, of internship to do that. Um, and I just, I th- I'd like to get your, your take on that. Cause I think that's not something that's talked about a whole lot.
1: It's, it's true. I think that depending on the specialty that you're going after, there are, there's certainly more competition, less spots available for a residency. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it is, there's, there's a lot that goes into it. I think that, um, Different places have different requirements or things that they're looking for in a resident. Mm-hmm. I was very lucky that I you know, went straight from vet school to internship and to residency. But I can tell you that I have colleagues that are a thousand times more brilliant than I am. They're amazing doctors, and for one reason or another, they just didn't get a residency. Mm-hmm. And it is definitely a matter of perseverance of saying, like, I really want to do the specialty, so I, I will do another year of a specialty um, internship, or I will go and do um, uh, research for a year, or you know, you find creative ways to try to make yourself a more um, attractive candidate. Right. Um, one of the things that i always tell interns and students is that one of the most important characteristics that you can have to be a good resident is to be teachable i don't really care to have the resident that has like a Mm 4.0 and you know yes grades are important and in many places there's going to be a cutoff like you know, whatever GPA is like, they're only going to look at the applicants that have more than a 3.5 or more than a 3.4. So grades are important, but I would much rather have somebody in, you know, in in my training program that has a 3.4 and it is willing to learn, wants to teach, is excited, has a good attitude, it's easy to work with, than somebody that has a 4.0 and has no people skills. Sure. That is you know, incredibly, incredibly important. And yes, you need to have all those other things. You need to do research and you need to, you know, talk to people and have good letters. But if you cannot get along with people, you're definitely never going to get a right. residency.
0: Right. It, it reminds me so much of the the veterinary school application process, which um, is obviously much more of a, uh, a bigger pool than, say, the residency uh, process. But the same thing applies where grades matter, but it's not the only thing that matters. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's still really important to be a well-rounded person uh, and doctor uh, rather than just focusing on, on your grades in vet school, especially if you want to go for a residency. Um, so now into more of the residency topic um, in a nutshell, for those of you that don't know, or for those of uh, uh, students that are not f- very familiar with the process, can you just give a glimpse of what matches, how it works and, um, and just kind of what goes into that whole crazy road trip.
1: Yeah, so Match is just a fancy lottery, (laughs) Um, pretty much what it is. So when you apply for an internship or a residency, you um, have to basically look at all the positions that are open. You decide how many of those you want to apply, um, and then you rank the ones that you want to apply. And then the institution does the exact same thing. Once they get all the applicants, they say, "Okay, these are all the people that we got. We're gonna rank them, our top, you know, top to bottom mm-hmm. that we would like." And then a fancy computer basically goes and says, "Okay, this institution say that Seth you applied for a, a residency at Missouri, and Missouri ranks you first, and you rank Missouri first. That's a match." Right. But if you rank Missouri fourth and they ranked you first. Then they're gonna go whoever their second person is. Mm -hmm. If they rank them first, then they're gonna match. Right. So I would say that the most important thing about match is to don't ever rank a place that you're not willing to go. Sure. Right. Because if you get matched, then that's where you get to go. Right. Yeah. Um. And and to really look at, you know, don't limit yourself. Geographically, I know some people say like, oh, I don't want to ever live in the cold where, you know, half of the vet schools right. are in the Midwest right. and, you know, and, or in the north. And you're really limiting yourself. You may right. be missing out on a really amazing program that might have loved to have you. But if you didn't apply to them because of the weather, you know, you have to think about missing out. Yeah, you're missing out. Right. Internship is just a year. Right. It flies by. Yep. And I will say having the residency in the rear view mirror, um, it really does go by very fast as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, You're busy. You're doing things all the time. You can live anywhere for a year. You can probably live nearly anywhere for three years. You don't want to be unhappy. You don't, you know, you want to think about your, your, yourself and your work life Mm -hmm. balance. And, you know, the little bit of that, that you can achieve during residency and make sure that you're not, putting yourself in a bad situation, but also have an open mind when you're applying and looking at the places.
0: Sure. So do you have the opportunity to visit those uh, residency sites before you match? Because I'm I'm wondering if there's a way that you can almost be strategic about it, where if you meet with uh, the, the clinicians, whoever it's going to be that's supervising you in your residency, and if you feel like there's a good Uh, connection there. I I don't know if that's even a thing in this whole process, but that, you know, that, that Mizzou and you had a really good connection. You felt that there was a mutual uh, liking there that, yeah, I really liked Mizzou and I think Mizzou liked me. So I'm going to put them higher in the list.
1: Absolutely. This is where externships are super helpful. Mm. Um, They can be an extended interview, you know, You can, um, and in fact, it's really funny that you say that, because that is exactly what happened with Hmm. me. I came here as a third-year student, um, I had a friend that was in the first year of vet school, mm-hmm. and I was able to crash on our couch for a week. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was able to extend that for a little bit longer. I ended up staying here for three weeks. Wow. Um, and, I, you know, my vet school, we didn't have a lot of access to um, a bunch of different specialists, mm-hmm. right? So I didn't have an oncologist. I didn't have any CC service. So I wanted to have exposure to that. Even prior to that, I had already, Figured out that I wanted to be an internist, and we had a, a talk at my school. And Dr. Leah Cohen was actually the one that was coming. To um talk at tuskegee wow. and I knew that she was a you know very well known, respected internist. And I'm like, man, she would be a perfect person for me to pick their brain. Yeah. So I actually asked the organizers to um sign me up as her um like host while oh, she wow. was there. Cool. And I did that. I we chatted for a little bit, and you know, she said, if you ever want to come to Mizzou and do an externship, we'd love to have you. I followed up with an email. She got me in touch with um, the the um, hospital administrative office. I s- scheduled my externship, and I was here six months later. Wow! Um, I came. I spent a week on medicine. I spent a week on oncology and a week on ECC. And I talked to the interns, and I talked to the residents, and I asked them questions. Mm-hmm. And what did they think about their quality of life? What did they think about the quality of the education that they were getting? Um, And I remember leaving here and I remember calling my husband and saying, like, you know, I don't know that I want to do an internship there. I don't know what about it didn't like didn't fit for me for the internship. But I was Mm -hmm. like, man, I would love to do a residency here. And, um, you know, I went back. I did my fourth year of vet school and I got into my internship at Auburn, which I absolutely loved. Mm -hmm. Um, And there was one of my faculty there that had done her training here. So, talking to her about applying for residencies, she said Mizzou would be—it's a really good place—and blah blah blah. And at that point, Missouri did an interview for residencies. Mm-hmm. So I applied to Missouri for the residency, and I applied to other places. I got interviews at Georgia and Texas, and I was able to um, go to um, NC State for an interview. So you can kind of finagle your schedule a little bit to try sure. and do interviews or do Skype interviews and things right. like that. But towards the end, when it was time to rank, I was actually really disappointed that I had not gotten a phone call from Missouri. Hmm. I didn't get an interview, um, and I was ranking my my top places for residency. And I remember having a conversation with that that faculty member at Auburn and saying, like, "Well, I don't know, I don't know, because right. you know, I got calls right. from these other places and they didn't call me." And I remember her telling me, like, "Just think about all the places that you went, and think about how you felt in those places." And rank them based on where you think you would get what you need. Sure. And I did. And I ranked Missouri and I matched here. And I was so happy. And I really felt like it was meant to be. But I remember asking my faculty, I was like, you guys didn't even call me. Like,
0: <laughs> I thought you didn't like me. Yeah, what the hell?
1: And they were like, well, we were really impressed with you when you came as a student. And we felt like, you know, we had people that we could ask that were already working with you. And we didn't feel like we needed to call you. And I was like, oh, OK. Well, I'm really glad that I went with my gut. And I right. ranked places how I thought I would you know, like them. And, and I do. I feel like I was meant to be here. I have loved my residency. I love the people that I work with. Mm-hmm. Missouri is a very, very good school to train. Um, so much so that I'm staying for two more years. Sure. So
0: <laughs> Good. And we're glad to have you. Um, yeah, and that, I think the, the life lesson there is go with your gut and don't read into things, because you, uh, you could miss out on something. Absolutely. Okay, and then similar question that I asked before about internships, but let's talk about private practice versus academic residencies, mm-hmm. pros and cons. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, again, I'm a little bit biased sure. when it comes to that. Um, there are a lot of residencies um, that in order for you to um, get your credentials, right, in order for me to become a diplomat of uh, the uh, College of Veterinary Internal Medicine, you have to meet certain requirements. And the residency is just one of them. Mm -hmm. Okay, So you have to, for example, for medicine, you have to have a publication. Hmm. So if you are in private practice, unless that private practice is set up to help you complete a project and publish a paper, then you may finish your residency very successfully, but you may not meet the requirements to become board certified. The other example is, for example, critical care you actually cannot sit critical care boards unless you have published your paper. Hmm. So wow. there's a lot of different little, you know, requirements for every different college and every different specialty that you need to take into consideration before you, right. you know, apply to one or the
0: other. Do your homework. Yeah.
1: Prior practice, there are some that are are very structured and they give you time off for research and for writing and for studying, which is another really important thing is making sure that you have time set up for studying, and that is something where um, a, an academic residency has more built-in time for teaching and learning and research and writing that will help you, you know, meet those requirements to become board certified in whatever specialty you're you're in. Mm-hmm. Not every prior practice is going to have that, right? So that is where doing your research and talking to previous residents, and um, at least for ACVIM, which you know, neurology, oncology, cardiology, medicine, all fall under that right. umbrella. Um, there are on the website you are able to see how many of the previous residents have actually achieved board certification. Oh, wow. Okay. So you can see, you know, how successful have each of these residencies been at making sure that you, you know, meet all your requirements. Right. Having said that, I think that, um, you know, there's a lot of stigma around a lot of things um like for example not getting into wet school right away or right. not passing your navly from on the first time right. um not passing boards for the first time i um didn't get it took me two years to get into wet school mm-hmm. um i passed my navly the first time but when i went to take my exams for medicine there were other things that were kind of out of my control. I passed most of my boards, mm-hmm. not because I'm not smart enough, not because I didn't study, but there's other things that happen. Some people are not great test takers, but I had published all my papers. I met all my requirements. So I can't get my certification in internal medicine until next year, until I pass that part of the exam. Right. But I think it's really important for people to know that just because it seems like a failure doesn't mean that you failed at what right. you're trying to do. Right. Um, you've worked really hard, you studied really hard, not everybody gets everything on the same, you know, on the on the first try. Right. I would tell you, I was very disappointed when I didn't pass that part of my exam. And the more I thought about it, the more I said, you know, that really sucks that people that I know that are very successful, mm-hmm haven't passed their exams on the their first try. Um, and they did fine. Right. Like they just took it the next year and did their thing. Um, and I think that's something that's really important that we, you know, we talk about right. with students and with interns and the residents and say just work hard and study and do what you need to do. And it may not happen right away, but if you really want it to happen, it'll right. happen.
0: Right. I think it all has to do with drive. And I keep coming back to that on all these talks that I do on this podcast that I think drive is the number one thing that can make or break your time in in veterinary school and post-veterinary school and yeah. in high school, you know, wherever yeah. you really look at it. So if, if if people only knew how many of our of our veterinary idols and just idols in general that may have, quote unquote, failed at something the first time uh, and, and, and succeeded the second time or third time around, we'd be amazed because yeah. it just, we think that everything is so perfect for a lot of people, but everyone has bumps in the road. And, and as long as you've got that drive, um, you'll make it happen. So um, see, I love what you said about that. I mean, if, if something happens, whether you don't get into vet school the first time, you don't get that internship or residency you want, just keep gunning for it because yeah. it's going to happen.
1: Yeah, I know people that have done two and three specialty internships and and they get their residency and they're just a better doctor for it. Right. They get into that residency and they just crush it because right. they've, you know, they have all this experience. They've worked with the, all these different people. Um, So it's just about perspective and about staying positive and making sure that, you know, if this is your goal, you're going to really going to work for it. and right. it, Okay. Yeah, it sucks. That's another year that you don't get paid very much money. Right. We all have a ton of loans. We all have all that stuff going right. on. But if this, that's really what you want to do and that's what's going to make you happy, then you're just going to do it. Right. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Okay. And before we leave residency internship land, I want to ask you about your predictions for the future. Um, so I've heard a little bit of buzz and just, just some interesting talk about the future of veterinary medicine in terms of specialists versus general practitioners, and maybe the introduction of a nurse practitioner type equivalent in the veterinary space. So something that I've been wondering myself is, since veterinary medicine, even though sometimes a few years behind human medicine, do you think we're going to see a time where if you go to veterinary school, you will need to get a specialty? Because we know so much about so much that just like human doctors, they need to choose a specialty in a um, specific area of medicine to to focus on. I know that as we talked about earlier in the podcast, there's always going to be a place for GPs. But let's say hypothetically, we find that, you know, maybe 10, 20 years down the road, we're going to have veterinary nurse practitioners that can do the GP work. I know this is very abstract. Do you think that in the future, we're going to be needing to specialize a little bit more in certain areas of veterinary medicine?
1: Um, I don't think so. I think that um, right now there is a lot of need for different kinds of veterinarians Mm -hmm. um, and different kinds of general practitioners as well. Um, You know, rural vets and large animal vets and small animal vets. I think that the demand is certainly still there. Um, I think that... It takes a very um, different kind of person to say, like, you know, I want to spend the next five years learning more about this one particular thing. And it's not that general practitioners are not as smart as a specialist. It's just a matter of interest. And how much time do you want to dedicate to that? Um, In internal medicine, for example, there are a bunch of different interest groups. Like, I'm very into respiratory medicine. Right. There are people that do mostly GI diseases. You know, there's people that do infectious diseases or endocrinology. So everybody within their specialty can find their their niche. There's something that they're very good at. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that because of that, we're still going to need the specialists that want to go into those little areas. Right. But I don't see a place in our profession where we're not going to need general practitioners that are, you know, doing the kind of stuff that they enjoy. I know so many GPs that are phenomenal. Mm -hmm. They really enjoy seeing those dogs from when they're little all the way through adulthood. And they, you know, like doing dentals and they really like doing like ears and skins. All the things that grosses me out that I hate doing, (laughs) Right. right? But somebody has to do them right and i wouldn't be able to do my job as a specialist without a good general practitioner right so i think i just don't know that i see a place in our profession where but gps are not needed. right well,
0: good to know um yeah i think that's one of my favorite things about veterinary medicine in general is that we have those options whereas in human medicine that's not really the case anymore mm-hmm. um in vet med if you want to be a gp and and be the local vet that sees all the the, the, all the general cases um, you can. And if you would want to be a respiratory expert, you can do that too. So mm-hmm. I mean, the, the options are endless in, in our profession, which I think makes it, uh, makes it really, really awesome. Yeah. All right, so I have two more questions for you. Um, the first question is, any tips uh, or tricks or just words of wisdom for the intern or resident? How to be successful and how to make the most of it?
1: Um, know your limitations ask for help when you're stuck, um, admit when you're wrong. Uh, I think that's that can be really hard. Mm-hmm. It is a little bit of imposter syndrome, right? Like right. you sometimes feel like you have to fake it till you make it. And that's true to an extent, mm-hmm. as long as you know your limitations. Um, and I would say the most important thing of being an, internship, an intern or a resident is to have a good, positive attitude. To be pleasant to work with. Mm-hmm. To be excited to learn. To be willing to learn and want to teach. You know, want to want to learn more about. You know, all the specialties. Right. Just because you want to be a surgeon, when you rotate through internal medicine, like you shouldn't have a crummy attitude because I'm like, oh, you know, that's not what I want to do. Right. In fact, that may actually help you get a residency. Well, I was gonna say. We all, this is a very, very specialty medicine in particular is a very tiny community. Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem like it, but it really is because the people that I went to at school did internships other places. The people that I went to, that I did my internship with are in other universities or in other private practices. Right. And we do, we talk to each other. So like, Hey, you know, I, there's an application here from so-and-so and you know, it, that you You uh, might have gone to vet school with or you did a residency with or, you know, you taught. Tell me about them. Right. That those references are way more important than the reference you're going to get in a letter in your official packet. Right. So you never know who that person is that knows somebody else that, you know, that's going to get a phone call. Sure. So just be be easy to get along with. Be happy. Want to learn and and just have a positive attitude.
0: Great. I love that. Awesome, now my last question for you, uh, and this uh, is aimed more towards just veterinary students in general, Mm -hmm. Um, I know that you are a great teacher, a brilliant uh, veterinarian, you're very very wise and that's what I I learned, uh, what I really liked most about you while I was on internal medicine with you. So I wanted to ask you, any bit of insight or advice or any words of wisdom for veterinary students?
1: um i would say for vet students the best advice i can give them is to have an open mind Mm -hmm. and to work hard that you never know what you're going to run into or who you're going to meet that may actually open a door for you down the line um you know networking is super super important introduce yourself I know this not everybody is quite as as extrovert, you know, as as right. we may be, but um, you know, put yourself in situations that may not necessarily be the most comfortable because you know who wants to go up to Leah Cohen and be like, "Hi, I'm right. a measly third year right. student," right? Not me. Yeah, you know, <laughs> but just having that, even if you have to fake that confidence, that'll get you places. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that if you work hard and and you again have a positive attitude. And just have an open mind and, and be willing to to explore different things. That is one of the most beautiful things about our profession. Mm-hmm. You can take this profession anywhere you want. You can work in industry, you can teach, you can work in private practice, you can work in academia, you can do so much. And, you know, you never know what it is that's gonna open your eyes and be like, Man, that's what I really wanna do. Right. Um, so just, you know, go to all these talks and and, you know, go to, um, ask people questions and, mm-hmm. and try to, you know, get to know people that you work with and, and that's right. going to help you.
0: Awesome. Terrific. That's great advice. All right. Well, this has been terrific. I learned a ton. I hope you guys out there listening learned a ton also and maybe got inspired to pursue an internship or a residency, or maybe got inspired to go the other direction too. I mean, this was all about kind of learning more about, uh, how to choose your path and, and just things to keep an eye out for if you want to go towards the internship or resident route. So Dr. plots this was an amazing conversation. I really appreciate all of your insight um, and wisdom. Um, so thank you very, very much for uh, for joining me today.
1: Well, it was a lot of fun to do that. It's fun to see you outside of the classroom. So. I know.
0: We have lives yeah. outside.
1: Yeah, you do. <laughs> awesome. We all do too. So. You're right.
0: <laughs> all right. Well, thank you again.
1: Yep. No problem.
0: One more time, I want to give a huge thank you to Dr. Ida Vientos Plots for joining me on the podcast today, and thank you for listening to the Vet School Unleashed podcast. If you feel so inclined, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or on iTunes, let us know what you think of the podcast. For resources and more information about the podcast, please check us out at www.vetschoolunleashed.com or you can find me on Instagram at Seth the Almost Vet or on Facebook. Also, connect with me via email at seth at vetschoolunleashed.com. I would love to hear your thoughts on today's podcast. I'd also love to hear any suggestions or topics that you'd want to hear us talk about. Even reach out if you want to be on the podcast yourself and share some insight of your own. Thank you again, and we'll talk to you next time on Vet School Unleashed, dissecting the DVM.